1: may have heard
0: of us all right what is up hundred words this is Stephen, your host from phantology and with me this time i have jake and we're talking last argument of kings the conclusion to the first law trilogy by joe abercrombie this is my second time through in preparation for wisdom of crowds which come which comes out in actually just like over a month now, because we're, we're getting into August, uh, and this is Jake's first time through. So it was a reread for me, and uh, I don't think I'm an expert by any means, but it has been fun to read it a second time and see how my opinion has changed after reading the rest of the books. And so, Jake, what is your opinion on the conclusion, on the conclusion to the First Law Trilogy after your first read?
1: Um, I guess my summarized opinion would be a great sequel, I don't feel like it's a conclusion. So I don't really understand. <laughs> I understand there's a lot more to read, and I'm glad for that, but I, I don't really, I can't really see it as a conclusion to a trilogy.
0: Because the characters' fates are not kind of like tied up nicely in a bow?
1: Not not so much that it's just the overall, I feel like it ends with more of a revelation, which makes me want more. Than ending in any sort of resolution
0: if that makes okay sense. yeah it's for sure not an ending to the world and and it's natural to feel that way because he has written five more books in the world with the sixth coming out in September yeah. and there's also a book of short stories so there actually there is a lot more and so mm-hmm. these hooks like are not just put there there are yeah. like there are some very good books that follow that follow this one up
1: yeah, I did. Knowing that it's the first law trilogy and that there's another trilogy and there's some standalones, I was expecting more of a a more complete story here and then maybe like a new story later. But I think after reading this, I think I'm just going to have to shift my mind to to have more of the mindset of these are just, it's just one series, one long series, as opposed to multiple series. Like, I guess I went into it more thinking it would be like, the difference between misborn misborn era 1 and era 2 those are mm-hmm. definitely self-contained stories yeah. and it seems like it's going to be more like i can't think of another series yeah just, is there a good analogy just an or... ongoing an ongoing series the so it is a trilogy in that uh, you know after these first
0: three books as you get into the standalones the standalones focus on different parts of the world some characters you've seen um, show up again, but the main yeah. characters, the majority of the main characters are going to be new players, and then when you get into the next trilogy, the Age of Madness, there's a time gap, and some of our some characters are still around, but it, it again, mostly focuses on new characters, but the essential conflicts don't change too much.
1: I, I guess, like, there's definitely a three book arc to the character arcs like the they definitely each character has an arc in this trilogy but it ends with it being very like okay what's the next step it doesn't end with it like i said there's no there's no real resolution at the end it doesn't feel like any sort of conclusion even for these characters i mean okay. logan especially logan especially well and let's not and let's not do spoilers not, right yeah Not yet, not. But- no not really spoilers, but just his story ends very similar to how his story begins. And so right. you can't really see it as okay, and this was the story of Logan's character, you know?
0: Right. And as does Glactus' story ends. Glactus' story ends yeah. very similar to how it begins.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like there's a little more resolution for him, but yes, yeah, very similar to how it begins. Yeah.
0: Abercrombie that's how really it is for all likes, the
1: characters yeah, that's kind of how it is for all of them
0: well, we'll yeah we'll have to talk specifics yeah. of the endings when, when we get there but I'll say this you know Abercrombie really likes structure in his writing and he does it in like a lot of kind of funny ways and one is just like the overall broad structure of the character arcs are very uh very cyclical there is there's some yeah. progression some progression a lot of regression as well as the character. And and to me, that makes them seem really human and and makes some great characters. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing characters. I'll still say the characters are definitely the best part of the series. It makes me just want more. And I know there are more books, but yeah, I just want more. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for you to keep on reading. I'm kind of nervous that what I want more of, I won't find, but I'll have to keep reading to find out.
0: All right, let's jump off into spoilers then. I, I I honestly I don't know who's going to be listening to a podcast about the third book of the series if they don't want spoilers. Um, maybe if you've only read the first two and you're wondering if you want to read the third, but come on, you should definitely read the third. So, when you say that the thing there's some things that you're looking forward to and you're not sure you're going to get them, what are you talking about?
1: Well, it just feels like it honestly it feels like book 1 was it should have been like a prologue to to books, two and three, which are pretty much like one continuous story throughout. Okay. Um, and so I really want to get, like, we learn more about Baez's real intentions and more of the backstory there. I'd really like to dive into more of what his plan is moving forward.
0: What, in, what intentions are unclear to you? Because he pretty clearly says he, he just wants power, he wants to be in charge, and he'll do it by any means necessary.
1: Right, but like, to, to what end? Like, what is, once he gets all the power, what is what does he want from there? Is it just as simple as he wants power, or does he have some sort of, like, he obviously wanted to get the seed in order to bring some sort of um, yeah. magic back into the world to empower himself. A lot of the first
0: trilogy, you know, he said, oh, I was just up reading books for a while, and I kind of forgot about the Union. But then a lot of the, a lot of his motivation in the first trilogy was his rivalry with Kalul. Right. right?
1: Yeah. Which that didn't, that didn't come to an end. He didn't kill Kalul. No. Right. So he didn't even kill Mamun. I mean, he defeated him. Yeah. And Pharaoh was the one who killed him, but I mean, so there's still like, obviously he's going to want to do that. Does that entail taking over Gurkul or, or what? And like, um, why did he did he just want to release magic into the world again just to like recharge his abilities basically or does he have some sort of like goal like does he is there something we learned so much about the maker and how he studied under the maker is there something specifically mm-hmm. he wants to make, or is there some sort of like is he trying to do anything or is it really just as simple as it might be just as simple as <laughs> I want power I do side note about bias. I do love how he gives Giselle this, this uh, like lecture about when you live as long as he does, like the, the whims of men seem so like, everyone just seems like a child. And I love the irony that like the summation of his motives has just been childish as well. Like bias is himself, like just a big child, the big baby at the same time.
0: And I love the glimpses into bias that you get where like throughout He's not the wizard that's so self-assured and always, he, he doesn't really have it under control, right? Like he wasn't even mm-hmm. sure if the whole seed plan was going to work, which is interesting with, you know, he, w- with how powerful he seems to someone like a Glockta or a Giselle who just yeah. bias is all powerful, right? But we as the reader know that he is, he is vulnerable or, you know, he, he could be maybe defeated or, or, he has some deficiencies in some areas.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he's he's wrong about things. But also, speaking of Glockta, as we see him interact with Glockta, he has so much money, which apart, like, even if he weren't mm-hmm. magically powerful, he has enough money to do basically whatever right. he'd want as well <laughs> in the world. Right. So he's done a good job, like, hedging his weaknesses with all oh, these yeah. sub-plans. Yes,
0: Yes. And he's totally fine just saying, yeah, you know, if my magical abilities are going out kind of like they were towards the beginning, now he's recharged them to some extent with the seed. It seems like he's, he's younger and appears more vibrant, but he's fine saying, you know, I've got all the money. I'll just throw money at these problems if if need be. Yeah.
1: His, his playing to get Gisal on the throne was so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think you,
0: when we reviewed the blade itself, didn't you kind of make a note that you thought, It was interesting the way that he was acting throughout the duel like it seemed there seemed to be something more there and he interacted with Giselle's father
1: that that was the thing him interacting with Giselle's father that's what was weird I'm like there's got to be some sort of payoff there I wasn't expecting I don't know it's hard to it's like so obvious now that he was basically saying he's basically coming to say I told you I'd come back for Giselle to do what I want with him and now that's what I'm doing so I don't. I can't remember if that's what I thought it was originally. I definitely didn't see the king plot coming at all, and, and good, yeah, like I knew there's something there, but I, I, I was like, why is he, why is he making Giselle win? I was like, was it just so that he could take Giselle with them? But I feel like he could have taken him with them regardless. I did not see it at all being that oh, we're gonna make him the champion and then set up this other mm-hmm. harcical, um rebellion for him to. Well, so then he's also seen as a hero of the common people and the nobles, and I, I didn't see that coming at all.
0: So, do you think Giselle is really the royal bastard?
1: I don't. I do it, It's kind of unclear. I feel like at times it's hinted that he is. At times, it hinted at it, as he is. I mean, at the end, Baez basically says like, "You're nobody. You're just whoever I say you are." I can't believe you believe that. But also, yeah. I feel like he could. I feel like Baez would more would more likely find a bastard and then set up this plot, then he would just find some random child to set up the plot. But, but I mean, at this point it doesn't really matter because his power only comes from Baez's word.
0: Yeah. It's, I I don't know either. I could, I could see it going either way, but like you say, it it doesn't matter. And I think kind of going back to what we were saying about how Baez really didn't have everything all figured out. I think, and, and like, like you said, how he hedges his bets, this was probably just something that tore in the blade itself. He's like, "Hmm, okay." Giselle seems like you know there could be something here, and he's already set up this this whole like uh, this guy. I could make him the king. I could do it in these ways, if needs be. And it turned out that it worked out well for him. But I bet he had some other contingencies if yeah. things have gone in different ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, Giselle definitely is. Is a bastard though right like that is for sure it's just whether he's the king's bastard or not is it for sure i mean how else i mean that's that part didn't really seem to be under debate in the book but i mean that doesn't mean it is for sure he you're definitely right. you're right you're right yeah 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 i mean he again he could have been made up the whole thing he could have just bribed or blackmailed Giselle's dad somehow
0: Okay, so uh, we jumped all the way to the end with the, with the Baez conversation. It, in my yeah. notes, I, I listed out the characters we want to talk about. Uh, Baez, obviously, it's important by the end. So, so that's appropriate, we jumped there. Let's, we'll go back to Baez maybe a little bit later mm-hmm. if there's anything else, but let's keep on going with Giselle. So to kind of like walk through some things from him, let's start with the reunion with Audi at the beginning. Because I remember you had some thoughts on how their relationship might go after before they are hanged, and so I wanted to get your reaction based off of how it went.
1: I mean, this ties into the glock. If you want to talk about him, but I called it that glockton and Artie would be a great couple. You did.
0: I don't know if you explicitly said that they would get married and everything, but you you did say you no, wanted to I see did. more. No, I did not.
1: You thought I there was thought, something there. I just thought they like they made a great team. Yeah, I can't remember if I predicted they'd be together at all um and this again this is kind of getting away from Giselle. but the moment when when he ends up proposing I was like so torn, I was like is he gonna propose to her is he gonna kill her I really don't know right now like and then the longer mm-hmm. the scene went I was like okay this has got to be a proposal because like meta-analysis of why is the scene take dragging on so long and to build up this tension otherwise um but back to Giselle's reunion with Artie I thought it was kind of like this, this like dry rom-com humor of you finally get the girl, and then you realize, oh wait, is this the girl I really want to be with? <laughs> Just all kind of had that moment, and I mean, it's a classic example, and this is so real to characters of him leaving. He kind of romanticized the idea of Artie. He didn't really know her when he'd fallen for her, and so he had this, yeah, this. False idea of her that is that was put on a pedestal. And so when he comes back and sees her strengths and weaknesses, he's kind of taken by surprise. But I was glad to see, I was, I was interested to see how how much of his character growth from um Before They Are Hanged would stay with him. Because after finding out that the journey was for nothing, he kind of got upset. But right, I was like, I right. think I think I think he still. Like retain some of that growth. And I think he did. The fact that he came back to Artie, realized, whoa, this isn't really what I thought it would be, but then decided, no, I'm going to do this anyways. I think that said something to his character growth. And then throughout we can see he hasn't done a like a 180 and he's got a ton of curveballs thrown at him in this book. But I feel I like he's still, he's still trying to, he has his moments of pompousness, but he's still trying to be that better man. He's definitely not the same pompous person he was in the blade itself, and he
0: seems like a bit of a king. Like t- you know, towards the end, he's trying to dig people out of rubble to to find survivors, and he's visiting the hospital. Uh, you know, definitely a better king than uh, what's his face, who the last one, you know, the last king. Oh yeah, was, or, any or, if, or or heirs.
1: So, actually, yeah. maybe
0: Reynald would have been okay. We never really got a glimpse at Reynald. He seemed to be an okay guy.
1: He's the one who was assassinated right who what was the name of the one that was
0: Ladislaw definitely better than Ladislaw
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> man it's, it's interesting with Giselle because his character growth was sparked by Baez but then Baez is the like stumbling block at the end in order for him to like enact yeah. all this character growth it's like, it's like you started this and now you're like wait this doesn't serve my purpose anymore so mm-hmm. he never really ha- he hasn't had a good chance to like act on this character growth and really become this better person fully because at every moment he's shut down by bias
0: bias and logan i think logan was a big you know uh, impetus impetus yeah. his character growth well, as well which is interesting with logan's character too
1: yeah yeah, Baez's personality didn't really do anything, but just the fact that Baez yeah, took him yeah. on the journey. That's yeah, that's that's all that he he did for that. I thought one of
0: one of my favorite kind of small moments from the book is when Logan's walking through Adua after the big the, yeah, the big Yeah, I was just gonna know, mention
1: this part. Yeah. Okay,
0: kind of mooning over things, being like oh, I'm a crap guy again, and he comes up to Giselle and he helps him pick up the uh, pillar or whatever it was. And he mm-hmm. says, Giselle, and I'm, "Am I an evil man?" And Giselle's like, "You're the best man I know," yeah. and uh, that I think just speaks so much to where both of their characters are at.
1: It was, it was one of those moments where it was really good advice at the worst, like a really good response at the worst possible time, because at that point Logan needed to be told, "Yeah, you need to keep." going on like the path you've been trying to go on to be a better person. But instead uh-huh. he was told, oh no, you're a great person. And so kind of limits his opportunity for growth there. I mean, I don't know if anything that Giselle would have said at
0: that moment would have really, do you think Do you think anything Giselle would have said would have changed what happened with Logan?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't really understand Logan. I don't understand a lot of his motivations in this book. We can kind of, I guess, transfer to his story for a minute i don't see him in our notes you had um you had written down uh did you i thought you wrote somewhere like logan becoming evil oh reverting to a bad guy Uh i didn't i didn't really see him as a bad guy i just i mean him taking power again i don't think that was a good idea and i don't understand why he did i understand why he became more ruthless and the way i saw it was He had been trying not to be this ruthless person, but everyone needed him, needed him as this ruthless person. And so he kind of got to a point where he's like, if this is how people need me to be, why am I trying to change? Like, this is as much as people hate me for it. This is all I'm good for kind of Mm -hmm. mentality. So I understand that reversion into being not as good of a person, but I don't understand why he, I don't understand why he was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be king of the North basically. Like, I, didn't it kind of just like happen? It did, but I felt I felt like he could have been like, no, we're not doing that. We're back to how we were before, you know, or.
0: Well, who else would have been
1: king? Well, before they didn't have a king before. Oh, his name? sure.
0: Before Beth-od. Uh,
1: Bethod. Before Bethod started doing that. So they could have reverted back to that or he could have just been like, this isn't why I'm here. Like, I thought it would have been a little more in his character to say, like, I'm not here to rule. I'm just here to be the bloody nine when you need me. You know, so I don't really understand his motivations there. I still don't see him as a terrible person. I don't know if I was supposed to come to that realization at this point yet, because he still has the sense of remorse. He's just I feel like all the all the terrible things that he's done in the series have been through the lens of I'm trying to do these good things, but this is the only way people know how to use me or people want me to act or. I know how to act in order to get these good things done, and then before they are hanged, he's such a
0: good person. Like he is the really the only positive force for the whole Which company.
1: Awesome. Yeah, 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 for the whole company. Yeah, and here you
0: see a, a big one hundred and eighty, where now he, you know, he's killing his friends and small children.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess how much can he be blamed for that when he's in the bloody nine state? Like, it's not something he That's would want to question. do. That's my question, yeah. It's not something he would want to do when he's in his, um, in sound mind, you know? That's
0: my whole question around Logan's, the bloody nine thing.
1: It's more than just
0: like, okay, I'm all ramped up. Now I'm going to start killing people. It's like, people have speculated on this because I don't think it's super clear, but uh, it's, it's either that, it is like something that he can choose to bring on or it's some kind of demon possession thing from the other side. And I don't understand why it's affecting him specifically or if it's something that he can choose to bring on or not, it's tough. Yeah,
1: I don't know. And this might be a more a too hopeful way of looking at it. I don't see it as him being able to choose it at all. I think, I think it's either supernatural and maybe due to like some sort of, demon blood or curse or something or I think it's like a like a multiple personality type thing or Mm -hmm. schizophrenia something like that or I guess I don't know what this would be or it's something that he's like constantly fighting to hold back and then when he's in the middle of a stressful situation he's he just doesn't have the capacity to do that anymore yeah doesn't really seem like something he would want I don't know it, I mean, it it's just it's like a useful
0: when, tool it's a useful tool at times well who did he kill um big tree told Tol, no no no, no the big, thunder.
1: big <laughs> three, to- three
0: three trees died um in the last book yeah tolduru Tol the thunderhead right
1: yeah tolduru like there's no way he would want to kill tolduru in like a normal time
0: right you know true
1: And when he's the bloody nine, he just kills whoever's around him and he has remorse for it afterwards.
0: And he doesn't seem to be afflicted by pain either. So it it seems like it's more than a multiple personality thing. Like there's some kind of supernatural thing going on. And if that's the case, like maybe I give his character a little bit of a pass.
1: It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem intentional either way, whether it's supernatural or not. And I guess you could be like, he, he's responsible in the sense of well, why would you put yourself in a situation that would bring that out of you mm-hmm. but also you could chalk that up to just casualties of war I guess and just fight that way like we need the bloody nine on our side and the, that just means you're going to have more casualties like everyone who is on his team or on his side knew that that was a possibility it's not like it was something that hadn't that wasn't known to them you know but they wanted him there anyways so it's like how much can you be, how, how justified are you at being upset with him when you knew this was a very real possibility and like part of his package?
0: There's a few times in the first law books where Abercrombie shows us what I'm going to call friendly fire, where we have yeah. people on our side killing people who are, you know, on, on the same side, maybe not our side, but, you know, union people killing union people or Northmen yeah. killing Northmen in, in, in the heat of, of the battle. And I think it's interesting the characters that you see do this. Um, I can definitely think of sometimes in the heroes, which you'll get to one of the standalones where this happens. And it, it's kind of a similar, I mean, it's not a similar situation with the bloody nine, but similar in terms of like an, an embattled character where we're not really sure, you know, good or evil. And I think Abercrombie uses this idea of killing your own side as a way to really show that by is also obviously a lot of destruction, a lot of a, uh, self-inflicted um, stuff but he doesn't care at all like he actually yeah just that, is, like, that is these are little people i care i care nothing for yeah. them there. yeah
1: that, that is that's a completely different situation in my mind Baez willingly does something destructive over and like he there's totally a way he could have done that to minimize casualties and he chose mm. not to like he just it didn't even cross his mind to worry about that he's
0: losing it he's like i'm greater than Juven's. i'm greater than aos yeah. as he's unleashing the power and destroying his own like if he cares so much about adua and the union and yeah. like that's his thing yeah. he's like actively just destroying it he doesn't care at all really about the state as long as he's in charge
1: i think they mentioned that he did more damage than the gürkish army did like to adua like he was a a bigger force of, of destruction especially if you add up the like radiation type sickness yeah. thing after the right, fact right, he's definitely right. caused more or casualties
0: and he definitely doesn't care about that either
1: <laughs> yeah i do think when we speak of whether logan's a good guy or not and how much responsibility does he have he has this like he does have this ignorance that could be you could call it like willful when when he's fighting beth and beth like i don't know why you're so upset like you were like mm-hmm. you were the the worst things that beth odd had that had happened under Bethod's reign were caused by Logan, right? And and so, like in Bethod's mind, it's like why, like, and I guess we don't really even know why did why did Logan stop fighting for him? Like, what was the the cause of the sudden change of heart? Do we know? I think we do. Um, was it just that he tried to kill him?
0: It might have had something to do with using the Shenka as well. I don't remember exactly
1: but um but just i i loved that scene where you're you're like through logan's eyes and he's like no that's not how it was but you can tell like yeah that's definitely how it was and even he should be able to ex- like understand and see that for the truth and it's kind of vague whether he did understand it if he didn't though it's definitely a like willful ignorance like no i i refuse to believe that
0: there is an event that they talk about where I guess this is like slight spoilers for the the short stories, but in the short stories, there's a flashback story from Logan, a younger Logan under Beth around that time period mm-hmm. where one of the events that they talk about Logan and Beth are talking and they, they, they go over some things. One of these things is what that short story is about. And I think it gives some good insight into Logan's yeah. character.
1: I think it definitely, I thought Beth I don't really understand what his overall goal was. I de- I thought his goal of reclaiming their, like the England uh, as part of their yeah. land. I thought that was like a fine motivation. <laughs> um, Uniting the Northmen. I mean, again, that's one of those things where it's like, well, is that necessary? You know what I mean? Like, what is the mm-hmm. real purpose of that? It could be to strengthen them. And Bethod had been
0: influenced by Baez as well.
1: Yeah, def- yeah, definitely. I mean, the only explicit thing we got was Baez told him to. Did he, he? told him just to let Logan go, right, or something I, like that. I
0: believe so. Yeah,
1: because he was going to kill Logan, and then Baez told him to let him go. I think it's
0: something like that. I don't remember or know those details though.
1: But Bethod definitely had to be being used by the witch too, right? And who knows, like, what her maybe she was yes. just a pawn of Baez as well. Like, I don't know. From what I got, Bethod wasn't like some, wasn't the tyrannical leader as he was made out to mm-hmm. be. He definitely, I mean, he probably had a bit of tyranny in him, but it seemed like after after this um, duel he has with Fenrir, you realize that the worst of Bethod was due to Logan. And then. After Logan left, it was a much more civilized place, but somehow Logan had shifted all the brutality that he did under Beth Odd solely under Beth Ode's responsibility.
0: It's cool how the perspective that you get in the blade itself through Logan's eyes is slowly undone by the time yeah. you get to the end of the series, you realize, wait a second, this is not exactly how I thought it was going to be. And I wrote this quote down from Blacked Out. Blacked Out, the very end, says to Logan something like, I don't know if this is word for word, but he says, nothing is worse than the villain who believes he's the hero, which I think is ironic for Blacked Out to say because he clearly believes himself to be the hero at this point because he's getting rid of Logan, who he perceives to be the villain, who thinks he's the hero. And so as the reader, you're like, who is the villain? Who is the hero here? (laughs) And really no one is yeah yeah
1: yeah I don't know I definitely would say Logan was a villain before this before the trilogy but I I can't really paint him as a villain during this trilogy he's definitely I feel like he's reformed at least a little bit and he starts to regress at the the, in the third Mm -hmm. book but I definitely I don't really consider him a villain at this point I think
0: that's a reasonable yeah that's a reasonable opinion to have. Uh, what is one of the biggest unanswered questions, obviously, at the end of the trilogy is what's going to happen to Logan, who we last saw, you know, jump off the cliff in, like you said, the same way the series yeah. starts.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was really sad at his and Pharaoh's last encounter because I thought they could have like they could have been good for each other. Uh huh. Um, although that would have just been another life of violence. So who knows how. that would have been for him I really don't know I have like no idea I could see him like I I just have no idea how many of these characters are going to continue on in the next stories and so I could see him just being this like nomadic guy that people run into every once in a while becoming a a thing of legend or I could see him going back to the union because he knows he has a friend and Giselle there and Dogman's there for now yeah right Dogman
0: is is there he's been told to stay there yeah, Raffo. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's Logan. Let's go on to well, Galacta. I, yeah, or yeah.
1: I I do want to say the uh, duel with Fenrir or Fenris. Fenris the feared. I keep saying Fenrir. Fenris the feared. That was so cool. I did think there would be a little more to um, Colonel West cheating.
0: Oh, I thought he, that would be when he like loosens some of his armor or something.
1: Yeah, I felt like. I feel like Logan still could have won without that little bit of help. Yeah, but probably. But that was fun to see. It's
0: like maybe we was. just maybe Abercrombie's just like we need a West viewpoint right here. Let's give him something yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it w- It w- and it was a good payoff from the time you know in the first book when we saw uh, Fenris come in to the, the to the Igreant and he's kind of imposing, and then he kills three trees in book two and now he's finally you know full potential here yeah. and logan takes him down somehow with some help yeah.
1: well and if i remember remembering right it was because of them killing the witch too right like yeah that was right. the main right right exactly because he like cuts his arm off and and then attaches it back
0: yeah yeah he's like okay this guy is unstoppable <laughs> yeah until they do take down Karib.
1: and basically taking her down just kind of stunned him right so that way he could cut through his body into the um untattooed part
0: yeah i think it just like deactivated whatever she was doing
1: which is yeah. some kind
0: of shielding
1: yeah i don't know yeah I, I wish i wish we would have gotten more explanation of her and him i guess we, we got an explanation of him but more of her i'm hoping for something Agreed. like that in the future
0: agree for sure okay glock to a lot happened you read a lot of viewpoints this yeah. maybe wasn't my favorite glock book because the the intrigue in the politics kind of seemed to go on for a while where i liked it like a little interchangeable with what he's trying to do at certain times you liked it the whole time
1: i i liked it the whole time because it felt like like the there was the like the stakes were getting higher and higher the whole time the pressure is going up where You could just tell he was becoming like more and more overwhelmed all these debts to all these masters are coming due around the same time and he's like okay how do i what do i do i liked how him and Artie kind of talked about like oh you need to find like another master to
0: right right that was funny
1: The play off of that um he's just such an enjoyable perspective to to read through
0: the dark humor throughout even with bias even confronted with bias at the end he's just like all right, man. Stop gloating. Just shut up and kill me already. Yeah. You're gonna do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I, I love that about him. He's like he's one of those people who just lives like a hundred percent. Like he gives his all to it. But also, it's like this interesting dichotomy of almost apathy towards life, mm-hmm. but also like not because of how much he gives to everything he does. Um, he really lives life to the fullest as much as he can due to circumstances, you know, but uh, I like the plots that were happening, like him going to the university. And then I got a, a vibe of uh, the Bartimaeus trilogy, which you still need to read. book right, yeah, you one. Need, you need to read, you need to read the next ones. There's a scene that seemed very similar to this at the very end when he, when he comes in and sees salt and the, the, Collector guy trying to summon some demons, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I, w- I, 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 They kind of left this not clear as well. Baez was very dismissive of their, of their work. Yeah. But I <laughs> wonder if, if there was of, any noobs
0: over here. What are they? What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I wonder if there was any legitimacy to their plan. Like if they weren't interrupted, would they have summoned something? I don't know. It would have been interesting to see. But it was cool. I don't. That whole thing was. It was really well done. I had no idea what was going on at the university and all these plots.
0: What about uh, Severard Severard and Frost being traitors or being spies? It's
1: really sad. It made sense. It was sad to see him torturing Severard. Mm-hmm. Wait, so Severard was a spy for Baez, and for then Baez Frost and was
0: involved. for yeah, Salt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then and then Frost was for Salt. Right. I feel like the Frost Betrayal was a little harsher, in my opinion. Maybe it's because he's just been so stoic and seemed so loyal to to Glockta. But um, that was another good moment for Ardy.
0: Yeah, and at least Glockta got some action there with his his cane sword.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool to see that. Makes sense. You know, if he was this duelist, of course, he's going to protect himself as much as possible. And like
0: he said, it was sad to see him torturing Severide. He didn't seem to be
1: too he didn't emotionally.
0: Enjoy it. He, he didn't. Well, I don't know if he ever really enjoys torture. It, it, he's so detached. I feel like there's from a
1: significant. It. I feel like there's a significant um, difference between his atti- like his more laissez-faire attitude towards, like when he's, like when he was torturing, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Ruse in the beginning, who was another friend. Like, there's a little bit of like sympathy there but I feel like there was more with uh Severod
0: yeah it was personal
1: but it might have also been just the fact that it was so personal where he and the fact that he was like probably thinking what am I going to do after this I think the parts with Glockto enjoyed the most were just kind of
0: his, his band of mercenaries and Casca running around yeah. and, and kind of making things happen at the end and then just the end of the book with the intrigue there with Baez and and what it's setting up, you know, Galacta is now kind of like the most powerful guy in the union, but even he is underneath Baez's thumb. And so what's going to happen here? And, and it's nice to see, you know, Galacta again full circle with Ruse at the end. And and you can see yeah. him being put into a position where it's like he almost kind of has a happy ending even. Like he's in a much like better he position. He's with, uh, he's with someone who makes his life just a little bit more bearable.
1: I think he definitely has a happy ending. His annoying incompetent master was traded out for Baez, who's very competent. And it seems like there's more transparency between Baez and Glockta than there ever was with Salt and Glockta.
0: But that transparency is not necessarily like good for Glockta. It's all like the transparency is Baez saying, I am the power and you will do what I say.
1: Or right, I but destroy I destroy you. But I feel like when you have some sort of master like that, the transparency is better than, I mean, also it's, I mean, this might be like some Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome that I'm kind of feeling as much as I think Baez is terrible, but it was nice to see somebody recognize Glockta for how competent he is, which it didn't seem like any of the other people he worked under really recognized that.
0: Yeah, true. So,
1: true. so Baez recognizing that and then also being more upfront, like, this is what I want, this is what I'm doing, and you're going to do this for me. I feel like that's a more manageable role to be in as Glockta than before. And then he gets the girl, and Pike does it. Work. Kill him.
0: Hopefully it works <laughs> out for him. And she's got Gisal's child.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting... Yeah. Oh, poor Gisal, Man, he's in a terrible position.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for that guy. I mean, yeah. at least his wife is going to pretend... To love him a little bit.
1: I feel bad for her too. She's like, Yeah, they're both just in a terrible situation. Yes. Her, her situation's definitely worse than his.
0: Yeah, Glockton probably yeah. does have the, the happiest ending of all our characters. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think I mean the only like the last the last thing that could have come back to bite him was the pike thing. And that ended up mm-hmm. working turning out well. Um, I didn't recognize. Um, that is not the the connection I thought I saw with Pike. I thought it was going to be like Pike betrayed Glockta on the, or, or Glockta somehow betrayed Pike when they're in the army or something like that. That's what I thought okay. the connection was going to be.
0: Cause you brought that up. I remember in our last review that the, the Pike did say that he served under Colonel Glockta.
1: Yeah. And I thought it, I thought the thing was going to be, like, cause I kept saying like, watch out, um, that guy, Pike, is a dangerous man. Um, the other lectors up there who were mm-hmm. in charge of the Inquisition up north. And so I thought it was going to be like, oh, maybe Glockta betrayed him. And so he betrayed Glockta and caused Glockta to go to the Gurkish or something like that. I thought there was going to be like really bad blood due to that. I mean, there's still very bad blood, but... Yeah. I, I'm a little more like, I, under, I definitely think Pike is justified in being upset, but also like he was... I mean, he was a, a traitor to the crown, wasn't he? Basically, uh, I mean, c- not that yeah. that justifies it, but I mean, I mean, not, not too much of
0: a traitor though. Like it wasn't that bad.
1: I guess what I mean by it is if it wasn't Glockta who would do that to him, some other lector would have done it to him, you know? Like it wasn't, it was less personal than I thought it would. You think Pike's gonna be able to separate that and be like,
0: oh, it wasn't that personal. All right, I'm working for him now.
1: I think he's gonna hate Glockta for a long time. And I think if given the chance, he'll probably betray Glockta. It's it's kind of
0: similar to the situation that Shivers has been in, where it's like, is uh, this guy Logan. is this guy gonna stab Logan in the back or not? He's got this long standing grudge.
1: Yeah. 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 Shivers, I've heard we see more from him, but he was a very interesting character towards the end. Like I liked how I liked mm. how he he was like, screw you, Black dial. I'm not gonna do your killing for you, basically. Yeah, Shivers,
0: you're definitely going to see more of. He kind of has, I'll I'll just say this, he has an arc throughout all three of the Mm standalones. He kind of ties the standalones together to some extent. Okay. So he's a pretty popular character.
1: Yeah, Yeah. loved Glocked his whole whole, uh, storyline. It just felt like he was overwhelmed the whole time and then barely made it out on top, which is cool to see. All
0: right, so Pharaoh not a whole lot from her she's you know more of like a secondary viewpoint character I think my favorite moment from her was when Giselle became the king and she's she was up there laughing <laughs> like, yeah. what are these what are these stupid pinks doing he's the stupid
1: king. stupid pinks yeah <laughs> yeah she i i was i feel like she also was one who had a happy ending I liked how hers ended it was this like bittersweet and then and then like okay I'm happy for her it was almost it was like a almost like a tender ending for her or you felt well, I mean, so, so I, I
0: guess it's what she wanted like she wanted the right, power to go yeah. and get vengeance but I don't necessarily know if it's going to end up being a happy thing for her well,
1: I guess what I mean is as it ended when it first like seemed like things were ending and she was hearing the voices of the demons and I was like shoot like she's gonna go crazy and that's sad that Baez just used her passion for vengeance and like really used her up until she was mentally unstable because she's hearing these demons. And I thought that was how it was going to end. And so I like had this, like, it really made you feel for her. And then at the end, her last scene where she like basically says like, I'm sick of doing things for anybody else. I'm going to ignore these voices too and just do what I want. I thought that was a really good ending for her. And now she's like super powered somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah, like she, Ptolemy. She... She's able to, yeah, very similar to Ptolemy. She's
0: able to take down Mamun pretty easily. She like crushes his skull, and then yeah, she has ice powers. And yeah, she's walking away.
1: And I guess that's because the other, like, I don't I can't remember if they call it hell or not, but it's like cold. And yeah, the other universe. the other
0: side there. Yeah, she's been touched by the demons. Yeah, big big win for her in closing the box of the seed because she yeah. very easily could have. You know, Baez completely irresponsibly leaves this loophole for demons to come into the world and probably destroy everything. So, good on her for not doing that.
1: Yeah. She, and was that, was that he was aware and didn't care to tidy up that loophole? Or did he not even know that was a possibility? If he did, was he like, oh, I'm sure I can save myself? Like, hard to know.
0: (laughs) Hard to, yeah. Yeah. Really hard to know. I would vote that he, Seems like he wasn't aware of it. Yeah, it seems like if he was aware, like he cares enough about his power to think like, oh, this could be really bad for me, so I got to make sure this doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, it seems like if he were aware of it, it doesn't seem like he has the amount of power necessary to be aware of that and not care that it was a possibility.
0: Right. But on the other hand, if he was aware of it, would he have not done his plan with the seed? Because he needed to. He needed to win.
1: I think he would have, but I think he would have instructed Pharaoh or had some sort of some sort of contingency lined up to make sure that yeah. the demons weren't allowed in. Where he, whereas he didn't even like seem aware that it was.
0: He, he probably not would have involved happen. sulfur somehow. Sulfur is always kind of his yeah. contingency plan.
1: That um, I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about bias again. But that was another thing where I did not see that coming at all. Sulfur being an eater. Sulfur being an eater and all the things that he did for Baez throughout the story.
0: Right. With the different colored eyes. Always. You yeah. Watch
1: for that. I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. They mentioned that with the, um, the rebel leader and I the assumed
0: tan, the Tanner guy,
1: the Tanner. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if this is like a sign of someone being put under a like charm by Baez. Cause it was mm-hmm. obviously like, obviously something had messed up there and I was like, it was I wonder, such a did...
0: bizarro situation where like yeah. they're negotiating all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you
1: know, actually, yeah, we're, we're good.
0: And yeah. The, the Tanner's uh, second and commander, whatever, gets really upset. And He's by, like, these are like,
1: worse deals than last yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, I, I was trying to figure out, did, did Baez put a spell on the guy to start the rebellion and then end the spell when he got there? So that way he didn't care or, or vice versa. But it seemed like, if I remember right, he, that guy was uh, always sulfur, right? Like he started the rebellion as sulfur. Actually,
0: I'm not sure if he started it or if he took his place at some point, but yeah.
1: I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Did he just capitalize on it or did he like orchestrate the whole thing?
0: Yeah. Not sure. Exactly. He probably, again, it could have been something that he started up as a contingency, like in case I need to, I don't know.
1: I mean, it, maybe his maybe just, just a way to mind. make just look better. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, that's certainly what it was, yeah. but his master plan definitely came together.
1: Yeah. And I mean, part of it was, I mean, probably half of the plan to get Giselle on the throne was bribery and, and the part of bribing the voters to vote for Giselle because, because he's not really a threat and cause he has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Speaking of eaters though, I called that Kwai had been eaten I had no idea it'd be Ptolemy at all. I was not seeing that coming, Um, but it makes sense because he had, ever since he had been eaten, there was like this personal, things were very personal with whoever had taken his place. I just thought it was, I just thought it must've been a um, follower of Kalul, like some fanatic, like, no, you're like, you've betrayed Kalul, and, you know, and, or I guess Kalul says he betrayed Yana, Yeah. I can't remember honestly.
0: Which he guy? killed.
1: He killed <laughs> Juven's. Juven's. I can't remember the old names. Well, he killed Juven's. That's kind of. I mean, what, it's like
0: did Bias kill Juven's? He always said he didn't, but it's pretty clear now
1: that he did. And that's what Khalil has always said. And
0: that's what. Uh, what's his face? What's the guy who he leaves behind in the House of the Maker? Um, yeah, the other, the other mage that. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. What is his name?
0: Because he asked yes. him. You'll, You'll, way. Way. You'll, You'll way. Way. asked him like, again.
1: Did you? And he said no, but then when he's talking okay. with Ptolemy, he basically admits to it, in my opinion. I think it was when he's talking to her. There's at a point where he basically admits to it.
0: He never a hundred percent admits to it, but he just kind of gets to the point where he's like, what does it matter? Like, yeah, who's dead is dead and it's done. And yeah.
1: Yeah. But um cool to see her come back. And I'm pretty sure she's not dead, right? Like it's she was
0: just shut up in the house of the maker. The door was shut. Yoloi was left there. I mean, I'm sure he's died. Ptolemy probably killed him.
1: Yeah, what was it, Was there something else going on that was killing people in there as well? I feel like it wasn't just... Well, the uh, they,
0: they'd got the seed and they got the divider thing. But it was mostly Ptolemy causing problems from what I was remember. Was it?
1: I don't remember. Or was like the whole building collapsing on itself? I don't remember. No,
0: I mean, no. the Gurkish were definitely coming in. This was all no, during the was whole like climax some, part.
1: Yeah, I thought there was some sort of um, some disaster like inside the House of the Maker being caused by like the building falling apart, but maybe not. But I hope I see more of her as well. It'd be cool to see her killed by us at some point. <laughs> nice full circle, but that might be what you're mm-hmm. thinking.
0: All right few more characters will kind of well let's just talk about one other plot line so west and dogman both yeah. up in the north fighting away up there west becomes lord marshall unexpectedly when burr finally dies and has a few nice wins but then just dies with the wasting sickness actually it doesn't maybe that's a, doesn't, slight, maybe yeah, it's a slight he, spoiler he doesn't die on screen but he is dying and
1: yeah, I had I had hope that there'd be some sort of cure until everyone I've talked to just said, "Oh yeah," and then he dies. And I was like, pretty sure he didn't just die at the end of the book, but I'm I guess that means he's dead.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, sorry if you haven't read further. I mean, that might have been a slight spoiler, but like it was clear there was no coming back from the sickness. Like he was dying. I thought there might
1: have been like a, a magical cure for him. That's really too bad. It's good to see. Good to have him see already. And kind of reconcile with her though before the yeah. end.
0: Yeah, that was good to see. And and it was a little disappointing because West was kind of the common man hero who yeah. we all kind of liked, except for you know the bad yes. episode with with the abuse. Yeah. Obviously, hard to justify that. But still, like throughout, he had done a lot of good things and he seemed to be a seemed to be a better person than the average goodness of the other people out there.
1: It's interesting. He I feel like he his goodness was better than a lot of people's goodness, but also his bad times were worse than a lot
0: of other people's yeah, bad times. Yeah, that's true. Like his, so his I, rage I, and temper caused,
1: yeah. I, I think on average, he's about the same as most of the characters. Okay. If you, if you can quantify that. <laughs> his,
0: his, his variation is just very large. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I'll he's agree with you there, yeah. Sharp bimodal distribution. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And then Dogman. <laughs> Again, yeah.
0: you know, kind of around for most of the same events. The whole High Places plan I thought was interesting because
1: it's basically Lord of the Rings, right? Helm's Deep kind of waiting for the yeah, third day. Exactly. It didn't. It felt like much of a, more of a small scale to me, but yeah, that's basically yeah. what it was. I think there are a lot of
0: Lord of the Rings tropes that Abercrombie's used throughout this trilogy.
1: They didn't feel like them when I read them, but the more I think about it, yeah, there are.
0: Like the whole quest thing and yeah and well yeah that was very suit. on the nose yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah in a good way yeah,
0: yeah. i mean uh, this just seems a lot like helm smaller scale like yeah. you say but come on they're up there no retreat the army's coming in they're they're fighting away for days and days and finally the cavalry shows up
1: you, yeah you've heard the story before i like the hillman guy crummy so weird yeah <laughs> so weird.
0: yeah that, that dude is weird <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, I liked how uh Dogman kind of served the purpose of seeing Logan. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like seeing the complicated person that Logan is, like he still has loyalty towards him and he'll shut down people who challenge Logan, but also he's really mad at Logan for being who he is. But also like a
0: good perspective on Logan, yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: But I also feel like he's part of the problem and the fact that they're like when Logan like met up with them again. He was. They're like, sweet. We have Logan, and like, we're gonna use him to mm-hmm. defeat Bethod. So, he's mad at who Logan is, but he happily uses him. For it what does he seem is interesting, well. right? Because they talk about how all
0: of these guys that follow Logan, are part of his crew, have all fought against him and lost, and and Logan has spared their lives. So maybe the fact that he spared their lives in the past, oh, that seems interesting to me. Like, how if he was. In Bloody Nine form, he definitely would not have spared their lives, so he clearly was not in those duels. So he seemed to be like a decent guy when he was fighting those. Sparing lives doesn't seem like a normal thing to do in the North.
1: I, I'm, the way I envisioned him before is he must have been someone who liked being the Bloody Nine for a large, large portion of his life, and then got to the point where he was sick of it, and I assume the crew he created was towards the tail end of that, hmm. like more not reveling in the violence.
0: But it does seem like you say with Dogman, it seems kind of odd that he's kind of forgotten everything that Logan brings to the table. And is like only remembering yeah. the good aspects of Logan's leadership. And so, yeah, when they're like, sweet, we got Logan, you're thinking, okay, like, did you just forget about your whole history with Logan? Because this yeah, guy has got an, a dark side.
1: It's an interesting, like psychological thought, I guess just, and I, just with like all the Northmen who were fighting against Bethod in general, I feel like everyone hated Logan pretty much because they've, they had all had family members who had been killed by Logan back in his prime evil days. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they wanted to use him. And I I think this is like a very makes it very real where you're like, I'm glad this guy's on my team and I want to use him to kill the other team but also if he dies in the process, I'm going to be happy because I hate this guy, you know? And I feel like that's how most of the Northmen view him. And I don't think they have a right to really be upset with the uh-huh. damage he causes at the end because they're using him as that tool. But I think it's very understandable. And then Dogman and his crew is different obviously because they've already, it's like they've gotten over that point to where they don't hate him anymore besides Black Dow, but he hates pretty much everyone.
0: He's blacked out, like. Like he says at the end, I'm not, I'm not called white Dao. I'm black now. I'm, I'm dark. Yeah. My, my personality is black and
1: evil. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's a very interesting like relationship and I think it makes it very real uh, and it makes, it just makes you debate like, well, who, can you really blame them or can you really blame Logan when they're using him for this? But then also can you really blame them since they kind of are forced to use him? He's their best bet. And He's already caused so much hurt and pain for them. Yeah. To make a sports analogy, he's kind of like the guy that you really like
0: when he's on your team, but like the rest of the league all universally dislikes because he's just yeah. annoying to play against, or you know, he he's just irresponsible and and can injure players. He's. Um, I, I maybe I shouldn't call it any specific players, but I can definitely think of some, yeah. M- some NBA, NBA players who. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I feel like kind of like a Draymond Green type guy who runs his mouth the whole time and, and the whole league hates him but if he's on your team then you love him
1: yeah and it's like it's like the situation where that player is just transferred to your team recently so it's like mm-hmm. i hate this guy but i'm glad we can use him but i'm not gonna enjoy it really right right It's 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 a decent analogy. I don't think it's all the way
0: there, but it's, it's decent yeah. at
1: least, yeah. I just think that the psychology of it is is very complicated, which you see in Dogman, where he's like, he's so mad at Logan, but then as soon as, I can't remember who it was, it wasn't Shivers, it was someone else who was like, oh, you're going to call yourself the king of the north now, and then Dogman was like, hey, shut up, like, give him respect.
0: Oh, I think that's and Red Hat at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that, that complicated relationship is really interesting and then Dogman
0: ends really melancholy where he's kind of thinking about the friends he's lost and he's like what was this all for everyone's yeah. just gone back to the mud and here i am now and it's like what what am i what am i doing
1: and i do okay so i think what logan should have done which would have been more in character for me is logan should have stayed and been the emissary to the union that's that would have made sense because then he could still be working on becoming a better person and he has Giselle there who just all seems to like bring out this better side of him and Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like said he doesn't really have anything back in the north you know maybe if pharaoh would have um maybe she had an an impact on his decision to stay or not is it kind of like the northern culture almost
0: perpetuates this it's like he's the biggest and baddest warrior around. Therefore he needs to be the King and be in charge of everything. So he doesn't even feel like, like he doesn't even really entertain that as an option.
1: Yeah. I just, I think that would have been a, if it were, if he were to have more character growth, that would have been the logical position for him. Like he would stay there. And if this were like a happier book, Gisal would have been the Aragorn type King and then Logan would have stayed as his emissary and Baez would have yeah. been like, I'm Gandalf and I'm running off, but I'll be back yep. to give yep. you more instruction. I also, I also didn't really get the sentiment, I mean, I kind of did of the Northmen being like, why are we even here? Why are we fighting this fight? This isn't our fight. When the Union just fought a fight that wasn't theirs for them. I mean, they were fighting the Angland, and then they were recalled. And West mm-hmm. specifically made it so they could continue to fight for them. I mean, I guess it was still in the union's interest, but it was like, they just spent time and lives to help the North Bend. So I think it made sense to have a, like, you know, that reciprocal, that was like part of the deal, you know? That seems like it makes sense until you're there ready to
0: start fighting and people are yeah. killing each other. And you're like, what are we fighting for yeah yeah why are we doing this again i don't want to do this all right so uh i guess that leads us back to bias yeah back to bias any i feel like we kind of talked through all the other points did we miss anything with him i guess we didn't specific we didn't specifically talk about the whole squares board conversation with glock i think that's one of my favorite moments i think we alluded to it but it's got to be called out
1: I think that my biggest takeaway and we kind of mentioned this already is just the hypocrisy of Baez of where he's like, I've, I live, live thousands or no, I don't know how many lives of men. So you guys are insignificant ants to me. I see all your petty squabbles and they mean nothing to me. I have more important business to be on mm-hmm. and all his business for this trilogy has been a petty squabble with yeah. an old yeah. friend. So yeah. I think that is like the perfect ironic um, character arc. That and just how masterful he is at executing his plans with the, um, is it Valentin Burke? Valentin, Valentin Bulk, Valentin
0: Balk, yeah.
1: Valentin Bulk, um, the, the Banks, and then him getting Gisal up to being king and getting the seed all working. Although like him, the seed thing, that was totally just Pharaoh who who uh did that. But
0: Pharaoh found like finding finding yeah. finding
1: it, yeah. He would have had that plan. I wonder what he would have done. Yeah, what sea. would he have done? He had lots of magic, but it's a good question. Yeah. And I wonder very, very
0: fortunate for him.
1: Well, and then also the setting up the marriage with Gisal so that way he had that extra army from uh uh-huh,
0: from Orso came in. Yes.
1: From Orso, yeah. I don't know. He's He's just super arrogant and very talented and very petty. And I'm hoping the arrogance and pettiness at some point trips him up. But it's one of those things once you, it's like a, a snowball effect of once you have so much power, you get to a point where you're, it's like so hard to topple it. But
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Should we do our worst of the best? The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick.
1: But that's the segment.
0: It's the pimple on the princess, the stain on the satin, and the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Do you have one? Uh, Worse than the best. I don't. I have know. one. You can think. Yeah, you, you can go, think go, of you one. Go. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about a moment in the book that was awesome, but there's like something about it that just seemed a little bit off, or kind of took away from it. So I kind of held my tongue when we were talking about this earlier because I wanted to bring this up, but the whole the whole duel with Fenris and the killing of Karib and everything. That was so cool, that whole, you know, the scene in the circle was cinematic and finally fighting against Fenris was awesome, but it was just so vague to me. Like, I know that Abercrombie is much more of a soft magic thing and he doesn't really get into the mechanics of how things are working, but why are they there working for Bethod? What is Karib exactly? What are her powers, and how did they just kill her so easily? I mean, she she did enchant Dogman, but Dao just snuck around behind and split her head open. The whole thing was just like a little <laughs> bit of a letdown. We're like, okay, and now he won because you know they took down the shield. It was just like, yeah, it was like a Star Wars thing. Like, okay, they took down the the shield generator, so <laughs> now we're good to take down
1: Fenris. <laughs> yeah, I and I I kind of agree with that. I. I think part of it was supposed to be this humorous sense that this is going to be so terrible. And it was so terrible for, maybe it wasn't meant to be humorous. I don't know. It was so terrible for Logan for such a long time. And mm-hmm. then you see Black Dow da- or not Black Dow, da- uh, Dog Man. And who else was with them? Getting, was it just grim. him and Black Dow? I think yeah, Grim I went there was, with them as well. Yeah. So Grim, I think two of them were were enchanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah she it, told- it was
0: Grim because Dogman was going yeah. to kill. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then just to have Black Dow come out of nowhere and kill her. It was like this ironic, anticlimactic part, which I thought was good, but also it just leaves me wanting more. And I think that's my worst of the best, besides mm-hmm. the whole sucking up fire, tucking it under your tongue that you never <laughs> see again, that uh-huh. such wasted potential.
0: He does talk to spirits again,
1: at least. In yeah, this he talks song. to spirits. Yeah. Well, he did it in, uh, in the second book, too. Oh,
0: that's right. At the very end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That was like his reason for going there. Mm-hmm. But just the whole idea of how much of the world is hinted at and it's really cool, has this really cool history. And it's kind of a mystery of what really happened with AO's and Yuvens and the maker and all that. Mm-hmm. And just, just knowing that like that isn't the point of the story. And so you're not really going to get a ton of that. To me, that's yeah. the worst of the best because that is the characters are amazing. And that's like, the most enjoyable part of reading but the things that really hook me are these like i want to learn more about the lore and the history and the world and and mm-hmm. these like grander more epic scale things and just not that's really the, getting a lot of that is frustrating
0: that, that's the sanderson fanboy in you i think
1: i, I feel like that's like the epic fantasy right and, yeah. and i i guess this wouldn't be really epic fantasy as much as i mean it's
0: it's Grimdark, which is more it's supposed to be a little more like realistic, hyper realistic.
1: Which but that doesn't always mean like not a lot of good backstory. I mean, I'd still put I guess, it next I guess Game to of it. Thrones. I'd still
0: I'd still put this right next to epic fantasy in a bookstore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean more in like I want to know more about what makes this world epic. And I'm yeah. not really getting yeah. that except for the characters, which are so amazingly well done. So a little bit of enticement for future books.
0: Uh, if, you, if you haven't read them yet and you like don't want anything about them, then you can stop listening. But just like back of the book type stuff. So you're not going to get like a ton of additional lore stuff, but the world is going to get expanded. So best serve Cold is over in Styria, which is where Orso yeah. is from, the guy who comes in. And that's yeah. kind of like a, a cool vengeance story with some new characters and some old characters are gonna pop up there. And then that is followed by the heroes, which is the story of this battle that takes place in the North with again, some new and old characters. And then that's followed by Red Country, which is almost like a Western crossed with the fantasy. And it's over in the old empire and just like the really uncivilized parts of the world. And again, some new faces and old faces in all three.
1: I'm I'm excited to keep reading. I'm a little, little sad that I'm gonna to have to temper my expectations when it comes to learning more about the lore, and but they're also you know, they just so
0: enjoyable to read. Like the writing is brilliant throughout the characters. I know, so yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, and that's the other thing. Like it's been hard to find the motivation to start Best Serve Cold because I know the main characters aren't the ones that I really am invested in right now. Yeah, that's fair. So, but that's fair. Yeah, definitely excited to continue learning more some will be back
0: in future books especially the next trilogy
1: i want to my plan was man i've had so many plans this year (laughs) um i should be on book six of no book eight of malazan right now yeah right (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then i was like well i'll I'll at least read through abercrombie to be ready for the the last book in september but i don't know if i'm going to be ready for that because
0: You'll have to read six books in a month and a half.
1: I need to finish the next two foundation books to make sure uh-huh. we're ready to um, have that ready before. I think that comes out in October, the Apple TV series. Yeah. And then, yeah, but we'll see what happens. You
0: best get reading, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this and hopefully you're pumped for Wisdom of Crowds. Um, I, if you want to get more from Phantology, we have reviews of the standalones and of the next two books of The Age of Madness and of Sharpens. So we've now covered, we have individual reviews for all of Abercrombie's first law books. So tune into those. I should get pumped for Wisdom of Crowds. We are going to try to do a primer episode of sorts with Friends Talking Fantasy. Our buddies over there who are huge Abercrombie fans, probably more so than any of us. And I'd say know a little bit more about the series. They've done individual breakdowns on specific characters even. So if you're really excited for Wisdom of crowds definitely check them out at Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. And uh, what else? Let's see if you want to talk with us. You can do that on Discord. Invites are on the episode link. Uh, let us know what series you like, what you want us to cover. Anything I missed? Should we just send them out now?
1: I think that's it. Um, um, yeah.
0: Join our Discord. Don't take million-dollar loans from banks that you don't know anything about. Might come back to bite you eventually.
1: <laughs> Unless you need it to survive. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right, (laughs) see you guys later.